Voices of the Sacred Feminine, and uh, we are here on Blog Talk tonight uh, on Wednesday, our normally uh, scheduled day to air. And uh, if you've noticed, um, uh, some of the shows have uh, not always been on Wednesday lately. Uh, the schedule has been a little bit erratic, so if you thought maybe um, you were confused or losing your mind, no, no, it's actually me on my end. Uh, the schedule has uh, has been a little bit in flux because life has been in transition these days. Um, so thank you for tuning in, and uh, just remember if you uh, click on the follow button on my show page on Blog Talk for Voices of the Sacred Feminine, uh, you will always get a notice in your inbox um, when the show is airing and gives you the ability to just click on and listen very easily and you don't have to remember anything and you don't have to come looking for me. Uh, you can see what the guest is for the week and um, hopefully decide to listen. Uh, so before we get to tonight's show, just a quick uh, shout out to uh, the artist of the evening, uh, Laura Kane, and uh, we were hearing a little bit, snippet from her single called Choose Love. And uh, I chose that uh, as the music for tonight because we are talking about relationships, uh, preferably extraordinary relationships. Um, I have with me tonight uh, Diane Lawson. Uh, we're going to discuss how we can improve our relationships or choose better relationships uh, using astrology. Uh, she has a book out called Extraordinary Relationships Through Astrology. Who'd have thought? Um, we'll discover red flags people should be looking out for in relationships, um, what are planetary antidotes, and how they can help people in relationships, and how adult astrological cycles can help people navigate relationships as well. Uh, certainly, we can all use this valuable information in uh, you know these uh, these complicated times in which we live in. So, I hope you will uh, tell your friends about the show and uh, um, 
and uh, share, uh, you know, share around the link for tonight's show and uh, any other shows that that you listen to and uh, uh, you think there's been some valuable information shared. So um, before we uh, get going and uh, start our chat, I want to tell you uh, a little bit uh, about my guest tonight, uh, Diane Lawson, uh, the uh, author of um, Extraordinary Extraordinary Relationships uh, Through uh, Astrology. Uh, She's a professional astrologer since 1973, so she's uh, got a lot of experience under her belt. Uh, She's presented hundreds of classes, workshops, and lectures in person uh, to groups, clubs, organizations, government agencies, and churches, and also over the radio and podcasts. Uh, To hear her most recent podcast with uh, Maria DeSimone, Chris Flisher, and uh, Janet Hickok, uh, go to uh, dianelawson.com uh, backslash book. Uh, she's published more than a, a hundred times in uh, national astrology magazines, including The Mountain Astrologer, Dell Horoscope, American Astrology, True Astrology Horoscope, Complete Astrology Forecast, and Mercury Hour. Uh, she's also been published in many other magazines, including Toastmaster, Fate, uh, and Children's Christian Magazines. Uh, she's had hundreds of stories published in newspapers and newsletters uh, the world over. Uh, she's a graduate of of uh, Washburn U of Topeka uh, in psychology and social work. Uh, She also did graduate work at the University of Montana, uh, Missoula, in uh, psychology, specifically behavior modification. And she was in Toastmasters for more than two decades. So she provides a wide variety of astrological services, including birth charts, yearly forecasts, and the ancient art of um, is this a horary astrology? We'll have to ask you to tell us what that is, uh, which can answer any question. Hmm. Uh, she has extensive experience in helping people understand themselves and others better, including how to improve relationships, which brought her to writing this book, no doubt. So uh, let me just say hello to Diane Lawson. Uh, welcome to the show, Diane. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm I'm so glad to have you. Um I think, you know, we're living in uncertain times and um uh you know, to have someone that can offer any insight I think is always um, you know, a little bit of a plus, you know, uh, you know, sort of um, takes the edge off a little bit. I'm I'm I, I would imagine you know what I mean, right? Right, right, right. I wanna thank you for your very nice and thorough introduction. I wanted to um, say two things about that, though. If they wanted to hear other podcasts or radio shows I've been on, uh, they should go to Diane Lawson. And I wanted to be sure and spell that because I I uh, spell it D-I-A-N-N-E, and then Lawson is L-A-W-S-O-N, but it's backslash media. If they would go to backslash book, they'd see the book, but if they went to radio and podcast, it would be media. And before I forget, I'd really like to explain horary astrology. It's like horoscope. You mentioned that. Um, Not very many people know about this. Uh, A lot of people know about the birth chart where you take your time, date, and place of your birth and get your birth chart, which tells about your life as a whole. But horary astrology can answer any question, and it's based on the time you ask the astrologer the question or the time the astrologer oh. 
answer question. And it's just really like goosebumpy and fascinating and amazing and magical because uh, you're not going to be able to get a hold of me until the timing is right, or I will not have time to talk to you until the timing is right. That when we get together and you ask me the question, I push a button on my computer that says now, and it draws a map of the heavens for that moment, and I look at where the where everything in the sky is, and I interpret that, and I can answer any question. Hmm. And it's just pretty but, extraordinary. But does that mean um, right now in the moment, like if I asked you a question and you press the button, it would answer a question for an outcome in the future? Yes. Or the past. Oh, I have, I have, to, I have to do this. Can we do it? Can we do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it might take We might have some dead airspace. But if this is about politics, you know, you and I were um, – talking back and forth about what you wanted, what kind of information you wanted to know about coming politics. And I did do horary astrology on that rather than, okay. at, you know, um, I mean, there are lots and lots of ways you can get answers with astrology. You know, you ask about Trump. And, right. And um, I could have looked at his birth chart in great detail, and I could have looked at his yearly chart and yearly charts usually take between, I, I usually look at like between six and eight pages of where all the planets are going to be in the next 12 months. But, and it, that can take, you know, a couple of hours. And, but right. or I can just ask, you know. Um, and how accurate you, is that? I mean, is it is it like 90%? Oh, I think it's amazingly accurate. I, I think the chart itself is 100% right. Um, sometimes it's hard. There's so many rules. I mean, there's so many rules. Sometimes the astrologer doesn't quite get it right. And when it comes to politics, um, astrologers tend to see what they want to see rather than mm-hmm. what is there. I think that's kind of human. I think that's kind of human. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I remember during the, you know, the presidential campaign and we still had Bernie, uh, Hillary and Trump in the in the running and every astrologer I talked to had a different answer, you know, um, and, and and and, you know, and I, 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 you know, forgive me for asking you, but did you um, and, you know, and, and I don't want to embarrass you if you were wrong, but I, I, I guess I'm just curious. Did you know Trump was going to win or did you yeah. think it was going to be something? somebody else. Yes, yes. And I have been historically right for several um, elections. And I did, I did, is Trump going to, first of all, I did, is Trump going to win the um, Republican nomination? And this was back when there were like 16 candidates. And it said yes. And I thought this has to be wrong. <laughs> I, must, I must be wrong. And then, and then um, I also asked if Bernie was going, you know, to um, to win, and and the answer was no. And then I said, Did, is Hillary going to win the presidential? And this was when everybody, you know, all the political pendants, except for, well, Michael Moore is not a political pendant, but he's the only person I know who said that Trump was going to win, and it. Mm-hmm. it Clearly said that Hillary was going to lose and Trump was going to win. To me, yeah, 
Wow. Well, you know, we're well. We're going to go to commercial at you know at, at about uh, the half hour mark. Um, so it's, and I forgot which questions I asked you uh, to have answers to. Uh, but you know, I would I would love to know um, you know if you want to do the how do you say it again the horary horary is that right? It's like horoscope. Um, it's horoscope. Yes. Horary. Um, if, if you haven't looked already, you know, I would love to know, um, you know, if uh, if Trump is going to be reelected or if a Democrat is going to be the next president, uh, oh, you, you know, a- something along oh, those lines. I've already I've already looked because you ask. In fact, I I printed off the questions you ask and I wrote little scribbles um, what the answers were, if you want me to. You know, just go down yeah, yeah. Life. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. I forgot what I asked you now, so it it it'll be um you know it'll be new to me as well. So let's let's do it. Okay. Um, the first thing you wanted to know is is Donald Trump going to go to jail? And the answer was emphatically no. And then you wanted to know is if he is going to be impeached. And and I wasn't it, it, well. It doesn't really matter. I don't know if if you know the difference between impeached and um, you know the, the House impeaches and then the Senate um, convicts and removes. And a lot of people kind of all encompass that. And but so yeah. when I asked my understanding of impeachment, um, it was it was it took me a while to figure that out. Um, and I the answer is a is a no, and the reason why is because it wouldn't benefit anybody, even the people who would be bringing forth the impeachment. I don't know if it was because it was tear the country apart or or what, but so I went ahead and asked the other question, you know, will the Senate convict and remove, and that's a definite, positively, absolute no. There's just no way that's going to happen. So we're stuck with him till the end of his presidency, I guess. Well, and then you wanted to know if Bernie Sanders was going to run for president again, and I think that was no. And um, you wanted to know, you wanted me to look ahead in six years and see what might happen, and that was that's really an interesting because in six years we're having a Pluto return, and and Pluto takes about 248 years to go through the signs of the zodiac. And it is going to be exactly in the same degree of the zodiac it was on the day of our country's birth. And, and, and it's like going to be a big deal. It's kind of like the country is going to be in great turmoil. Pluto is, and I know Pluto is no longer considered a planet. He's considered a dwarf planet. But he's still out there, and he's still very, very important. And it's a time for us to, to choose. Um, you know, what we're going to do. And I think there are going to be major, major, major changes in um, in how we we handle our joint finances. And what I mean by that, when Pluto's been involved in this country before, we, we started Medicare, we started Social Security. You know, those were big changes, big transforming form, uh, mm-hmm. changes in the finances. And I think that's going to happen in 2020. And I, you know, I ask if Trump is going to be elected president in 2020. 
And I kind of hesitate to tell you this because this is kind of like a question mark. And there are rare times when the horary will say it's too soon to tell. It's too soon to tell, say. And I might read a month of horaries at home, or I might go to a psychic fair and read horaries one after another all weekend long, and I will never get the too soon to tell or too soon to say. And so I think what this is, I think it's a real time of Americans coming together. You know, are we going to are we going to transform us or not? Hmm. And uh, I think there's going to be so much. I I think you probably know that Trump is is getting together a huge amount of money for his next election already. Huge amount. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know he he filed to run uh, for 2020, I think the day of his inauguration or something. So so it sounds like, Diane, I need to cry myself to sleep tonight. Um, No, no, no. No, no. Look at our history. And... Look at our history. We've gone through incredibly difficult times. The American Revolution was incredibly hard. Uh, The Civil War was incredibly hard. The 1960s was incredibly hard. I would, you know, I made some of my aunts cry because of my political views. You know, my family was torn apart. And and now we're at huge, huge, um, you know, huge differences in this country. Trump came to Topeka, Kansas, where I live, and um, my husband and I drove by his um, the, the political rally against him, and I have never seen so much hate on that side before. You know, usually when we drive down political rallies against Republicans, the Democrats are waving peace signs and having these, you know, feel-good <laughs> kinds of stuff. And yeah. the country is incredibly divided. But we, we've we been through all, you know, we made it through all those other times I was talking about. And we will make it through this time, too. I am convinced of that. And the pendulum will swing back. You know, this is a country. So, that, you know, the same I'm country sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean our Obama. You know, we elected Obama. Mm-hmm. Of course, before that, we elected W. But, I mean, we... You know, it, it, the pendulum will swing back again, and you will be happy again. You will be happy again. But how long do I have to wait? <laughs> that's that's the question. <laughs> um, okay. You'll be very happy. You'll be very happy these mid, midterm elections because the well, I'm not sure if you're a Democrat, or but oh, you will. Yes. Okay, you will be happy the midterm elections. The Democrats are certainly going to take back the House. Okay, okay. And a lot of women, um, well, lot of women are going to be elected. You okay. Know. Um, okay, so, all right, so just to recap what I think you said. So the midterms go good. We take back the House. We don't probably take back the Senate. Women get into office. Um, you know, more women get into office. Uh, Trump doesn't get impeached. He doesn't get removed from office. And he's going to run again, and we don't know for sure that he's going to lose. Well, we don't know for sure he's going to win. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and now what were you saying when you talked about, um, you, it seemed like you started to say something about things were going to shift in terms of how we how we pay ourselves. Did you mean like Social Security and uh, Medicare may go away? I hope to God not. I can't imagine that happening. And this doesn't have anything to do with astrology because the one thing that everybody agrees on, you know, Democrats, Republicans, Socialist, every everybody agrees on Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid need to stay. I know McConnell said today, um, you know, that he was thinking about making shifts, and immediately Trump distanced himself from that because, you know, I, I just can't imagine that's changing. But I, you know, what's interesting is I do a lot of. Um, um, forecasting for my clients for the future. And I know a lot of people in their 50s and 60s are really panicky. Are they going to have enough money for their retirement? Mm -hmm. And some of them who are not apparently saving very well now look like they're going to be fine in retirement, that I have to believe that this country is going to be more socialistic toward um older people in the future, and I think the the changes with this, you know, Pluto return I was talking about, um, we're actually in the midst of it, and we're going to be in it past 2020, but it's going to reach a peak in 2020. Um, I, I think that we're going to be more um, socialistic and taking care of, of, our, of, our, of our elders and our disabled and people who need medical care. I think that's going to be a lot more uh, progressive in the future. Well, let's hope. I mean, um, I mean, all the money we waste, uh, you know, the corporate welfare that goes to the military industrial complex, you know, to pay for these wars. And I mean, and that's all it is, is, uh, is corporate welfare. Um, you know, the, the, there could be so much we could do. I mean, it's just insane. And, you know, I've been worried about the Republicans, you know, driving up the debt, giving all these tax cuts uh, even more to the rich. And then they're going to say, oh, gee, we've blown up the budget. So now we have to take even more from the poor and the people who can't afford it. You know, I mean, that's their M.O. all the time. So, um, you know, I, I'm glad to hear you say what you're saying uh, because uh, maybe they even know that if they mess with Social Security, that's that's the end of them. I mean, I would think so. I, I mean, uh, it's old white people that support them, and if they go messing with their Social Security and their Medicare, I can't imagine they survive. Right, right. And even even younger people don't want, you know, Granny having to move in with them because she doesn't have any money. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it doesn't benefit anybody, so. Right, right, it doesn't. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm curious, have you, um, uh, you know, tested the waters in terms of, um, you know, who may uh, be the standout uh, for the, you know, for the Democrats? I mean, if Bernie isn't going to run, um, I mean, have you, like, checked into Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris or anybody like that uh, uh, to see what it looks like for them? No, I haven't, and it's, I think kind of. I mean, I could spend hours doing this, and I've got a busy clientele. That I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I, you know, I would just, I, I would just be curious, you know. And if it, all it is is pressing a button, um, you know, oh, don't mind me, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm just. 
with I mean I I wanted to see Bernie run and I just can't imagine um anybody but Bernie galvanizing the country quite frankly um you know but that's that's my bias what can I say I mean I think he would have beat Trump uh and I think the DNC robbed him uh and we will never know unfortunately but I'm glad Michael Moore did at least in his movie uh you know Fahrenheit um 119 I'm glad he at least had the courage to address that um, because I was so tired of being gaslighted uh, by people on the left saying I was crazy and, you know, I was paranoid and, uh, you know, I was a conspiracy theorist. And I know it was probably hard for a lot of my friends to take. uh, But, you know, anyway, it, 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 it's like it was yesterday for, for Bernie people like me. You know, I've never forgotten it. And uh, although I'll never vote for a Republican, uh, I have not forgiven the DNC. And, um, you know, I think they're just a bunch of corporatists uh, and don't really represent the left. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's me and my, my listeners know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and they like you. So they're, they, they're sticking with you. So, okay. <laughs> So, um, well, you know, we've digressed a bit. You know, again, you know, let me just say to listeners who maybe have, uh, you know, have been hearing us go on about politics, this is not actually a show about politics. It's a show about extraordinary relationships through astrology. Uh, and, and I appreciate you, Diane, you know, looking into those, uh, uh, you know, uh, predictions for us, because that's always what people want to know, you know. Uh, you know, they want to know what's ahead because, um, you know, the day-to-day is very difficult um so anyway um you know i i I guess it makes sense to ask you was there anything in particular that got you started uh you know in astrology to begin with well i am insanely curious about everything and whenever i have heard myself say in life well i've never done that before or I don't know anything about that, I have to go do it or find out about it. And this world-famous astrologer was coming to Topeka, and it was like, well, I've never had my chart done before. And I was never curious about it, you know, but I had never had it done before. Let's see what it did. She was so extraordinary that I left her, and I went to the public library to get an armload of books to see how in the heck she did it. And I found out that what she told me was in those books, and so, I mean, I was off and running, and it just—it—it just—it's. I think, and I've—I'm since I'm so curious, I've looked at a lot of other different things, but I think extra, uh, astrology is by far and away the best help we have. It's like the whole heavens are wanting to give us guideposts to get through life. I mean, they will tell us the birth chart will tell us everything about how we can make money, how we can meet a man, how we can keep a man or, you know, spouse or, or you know, boyfriend, what right. career we go into, what kind of talents and abilities we have, past lives, um, just everything, talents, abilities, um, what in the heck we're supposed to be doing here. And then the yearly charts give forecast about what is likely to happen so we can grab opportunities or try to, you know, avoid pitfalls. Um, it's just, I could go on and on and on. I mean, it just, it helps with everything. And, um, and I was just... Well, so- you know, I'm- 
ever since. Well, you know, I'm I'm listening to you say that, and you know, and recently, you know, because my life's been in tra- transition, one of my friends who does astrology pretty often and does charts, um, she did a she did a chart for me, um, and she had done one for me a few years prior. But you know what I've and I, and I don't know, maybe they're different programs. Um, but what frustrated me about the chart was it was. It, and and maybe it's because you know I don't know what all the transits mean and stuff like that. I don't know the jargon, but it's really hard for someone to get that information and and figure out what it means on a day to day basis. You know, um, uh, you know, it, it, it like. Does that make sense? Um, what I'm saying, you know, it, it's like there's 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 some pre, um, prediction talent that you need a little bit as well, right? Because some right. Uh, it, it seems like what's being said it can be vague. Okay, I don't think it's vague. <laughs> I think first of all, I think to be a good astrologer, it takes years of preparation and many, many, many charts. But I also think a lot of astrologers are not using all the tools at their disposal. And um, some astrologers are just using, you know, the birth chart of a person and then where the planets are up in the sky for that, you know, year. Well, that's a small part of what I use. I use a lot of other techniques and put them all together. And it just drives me crazy when other astrologers, some of whom um, portray themselves as professionals, say, well, I will do yearly forecast using the transits. That's not enough. That's not enough. That leaves a whole bunch of information out. And I'm sorry I'm on my soapbox, but... Um, I think it's. I think it can be very detailed, you know, and it okay. can be. I'm certainly not going to do this, but I have, you know, looked at four-minute windows as an example. I got married within a four-minute window. Um, wow! You know, I narrowed it down to the best possible time to be married, and um, and you know, we've been really happily married for 22 years. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Um, well, you know, well, that makes me feel good uh, to hear, you know, so, uh, so, uh, uh, so astrology can really be, um, you know, much more accurate than maybe some of us have experienced with some of the astrologers that, uh, uh, that we've used. I mean, look, the the Reagans were definitely used in an astrologer, and and man, Reagan was like the Teflon president. You know, um, you know, they they seem to have sure used that to their advantage. Well, you know, I read her book. That his astrologer wrote a book, and I have no doubt that everything she said in it was true because Reagan, for example, was elected um, governor of California, like it. 12.09 a.m., you know, some weird time, and you look at that chart, and it's like, wow, what a great chart. I mean, she picked that astrologer was was tremendous. I mean, I can see why he got elected president. I can see why he was a Teflon president, and I think a lot of, I mean, he was a great communicator, but his astrologer was good, you know, and, hmm. and that's group is in the pudding. I mean, it certainly worked for him. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. I mean, um, when you consider really all the damage that the Reagan administrations did, but everybody thinks he's a saint. Um, 
So anyway, <laughs> here we go. It's so it's so easy to get into politics, isn't it? I mean, you can just slide right in. Um, so um, so the book that you wrote, Extraordinary Relationships Through Astrology, um, was this because, like what you just said, you know, your uh, you know you picked this you know perfect time to be married. It it had such a happy ending. Um, it, were you seeing that it could be such a powerful tool to uh, guide? our relationships okay I, I I wrote this book because I know astrology can really help with relationships and but I also know that people including myself often don't pay attention to astrology when they're in the midst of um, I don't know hormones <laughs> or craziness yeah. or who knows what yeah. you know and and but I I wrote this because primarily I've seen so many people suffer um, in relationships. The number one question I get with the horary is, "What does the universe want to tell me about my relationships with so and so? My relationship with so and so?" Or another one I get is, "How can I meet someone to marry?" Or you know I get a lot of questions about relationships. Um, but I, I also have been a social worker, and um, I have three planets in Capricorn, so big hunk of my working life. I was a full-time social worker, a full-time astrologer, and wrote on the side. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but but I, you know, I was a social worker. I've I've been an, an astrologer, and I have had three or four marriages, depending on what you count. You know, I've had two divorces, one annulment, and then finally, finally, when I quit listening to my heart or my adult brain or whatever, um, my current husband, who is absolutely wonderful, came to me as an astrology client. The second I saw his chart, I knew I was going to marry him because hmm. the chart comparison was so good. and And then... And then I also picked um, a t- good time to be married. And if you would have looked at our past, especially my past, the likelihood of me being able to have a good marriage looked pretty slim. I mean, if the best, if the past is the best predictor of the future, you think, gosh, why would anybody marry her? You know, she's been married three times before. But... You know, astrology doesn't lie, and if you pay attention to it, it can really, really help. Hmm. Well, and and if somebody picks up your book, um, are they able to use astrology to guide them? Absolutely. This book was written for people who know nothing about astrology, but who are willing to get, they're going to have to get their birth chart. There are so many places online where you can get a free birth chart. All you have to do is type in free birth chart. Um, And when I do people's birth charts, um, I always give them a copy, a hard copy, paper copy of their birth chart. But if people have a copy of their birth chart, they can go through this very easy step-by-step guide to help them learn how to meet somebody, where, you know, through whom, you know, just how to meet somebody, and then, um, and then of course, how to keep them. But I have chapters on, you know, 
and I guess we're going to talk about this in a little bit. You mentioned this, the red flags in relationships. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also for, I've, I've had an awful lot of uh, really good professional astrologers buy this book and say they learn things. So it's kind of like for everybody. It's got to be somebody who's willing to put some time and learn more than just the sun sign. It's more than just, you know, I'm an Aries, I'm a Libra. It has to do with your individual birth chart, and it doesn't teach you all about astrology. It just teaches you the bits of astrology you need to know how to navigate through relationships. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we take a break right now? Um, I owe Joe Carson uh, a commercial, and uh, when we get back, uh, we'll talk uh, more about those red flags people should be looking for in a relationship, and um, and some and we'll talk about something you call planetary antidotes. Um, I, I like that term. Did you coin that phrase? No, I wish I wish I had, but no. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to just uh, mute you real quick, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be back together chatting uh, very shortly. Okay. So, um, for those of you out there who uh, haven't heard about uh, Joe Carson's uh, new book, Celebrate Wildness, um, I wanted to uh, read to you um, what Dana Corby in her blog says about Celebrate Wildness, uh, and her blog is called The Rant and Raven. So, Dana says, uh, when people wonder aloud how the Wicca of Southern California became so much more nature-oriented and wild than the British traditions from which it arose, the one factor they don't seem to take into account but should is feriferia. Feriferia, a word Fred Adams coined from Greek roots meaning wilderness festival, is a pagan tradition unlike any other. Based on Fred's visions of the divine feminine, the sacredness of Eros, and the potential for intentional communities that truly do no harm to anything, it also draws upon themes familiar to Wiccans such as sacred landscapes, prehistoric beliefs, and the fairy faith. Well, Fred intended that Feriferia should lead the world into a paradisal future in which freedom, Eros, and play are the core values, where that built by human hands merges seamlessly into the wild and the fae romp among us. Celebrate Wildness is a unique, exquisite, and profound book. It created in me a sort of homesickness, a wistfulness for the idealist I was. We all were, back when we and the world and the magic were all young and fresh. Though it's a short book at only 115 art-laden pages, don't expect to read it quickly. Take your time, let it sink into your subconscious, and what bobs to the surface will be wondrous. So if you're interested in Celebrate Wildness, you can get it at the website Feriferia, that's F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A dot org. It's an oversized, hardbound book on heavy paper, and it's available for only $45. And uh, if I can just make a recommendation, because I do have a copy, I have seen the book. It is wonderful. It makes a great conversation piece uh, and a great coffee table book. Uh, And there's lots in there uh, to just uh, broaden your horizons and expand your your senses. So check it out, uh, Celebrate Wildness by Dana 
uh, I'm sorry, by Joe Corson, and uh, I was just reading uh, Dana Corby's review uh, that uh, is in her blog, uh, The Rantan Raven. So, uh, thank you, listeners, uh, for being uh, here with us uh, tonight on our regular Wednesday night show. And uh, just a reminder, uh, if you're tuning in late, I have with me Diane Lawson, and she's written the book, Extraordinary Relationships Through Astrology. And um, you'll want to make sure you listen to the first part of the show, but we're about to get into um uh, you know, different aspects of relationship and how astrology can help. Um, like Diane, what are some of the red flags people should be looking out for in relationships? Okay. I went, first of all, I wanted to explain, um, even though the book um, Extraordinary Relationships Through Astrology is um, mostly about astrology, it does have other things in there. And the red flag one is, in there because a lot of my clients told me that I had to include this chapter on red flags because um, they just wanted to know what to look out for before they got involved with somebody else. And for some people don't know what a red flag means, and it's just it's a warning signal telling you that conditions might be unsafe. It doesn't necessarily mean the relationship is doomed, but boy, it sure means it's not something to sweep under the rug. It means pay attention. And yeah, it's it's especially true in um, the early feel-good times, you know, when the the endorphins are running high and everybody, you know, feels wonderful. It's much better to to look early than late. Now, the one thing that I think is the most important thing, and nobody ever mentions it, um, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit when I used to be a social worker and I can't remember what the workshop was about and I don't remember why this person was up in the front of the room with a whiteboard writing stuff down but this person was leading this whole big room full of social workers and asking them what did they want in a spouse and and it was primarily women but they were talking about things like money a good car a good job, a hot body. I mean, all these uh, things that can come and go, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe shallow, it. Shallow, shallow, shallow stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I finally yelled, ethical. <laughs> and the reason, I couldn't believe it. If these were social workers who didn't realize it, I'm telling you, my clients don't, they don't think of that. They think about, oh, yeah. he makes me feel good. He loves me so much. I just, you know, I feel blissful when I hug him, and boy, the sex is good. You know, the number one thing by far is being ethical. And and um, people need to be paying attention to small little clues. And, and I love to tell this story. I tell this often. But when we were dating, my husband took my 10-year-old daughter and I. No, she was 12. She was 12-year-old daughter to the movies. And she was really thin and small and um you know he put out the money and 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 they gave her a child ticket you know which was two dollars cheaper and he said oh no she's 12 you know and gave them two more dollars well a lot of people would have just you know blown that off and thought ha ha i came out ahead you know (laughs) yeah right right and when we go when we go 
you know, when we go to restaurants, he always checks the bill, and they often don't charge us for all the drinks or the desserts or whatever. And he always says, you made a mistake here. Uh, we had two more beers, you know. And yeah. and that's really important. If he is ethical about these little things, he's going to be ethical about the big things. And then, um, and you're certainly able to chip in. I mean, we've all come across red flags. But I think that's something people don't pay attention to. And another one is if people lie about little trivial things, if they lie about anything, how in the heck are you supposed to know they're lying about something else? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with me, one of the big ones is if they're gossiping about somebody else, then how long is it going to be before they're gossiping about you? (laughs) Absolutely. 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 And um, if someone has a bad temper and driving is really a good clue, you know, I've been on dates where people were yelling at the driver, I mean, cussing at the driver. next to us well that was a big clue i mean this guy has problems with his temper you know and and really pay attention if 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 he never says he's sorry or never apologize or always blames other people you know does he think yeah he can never be wrong yeah Right. Yeah. Well, you know, because I think what we have a tendency to do is, you know, when we're in that honeymoon phase, um, we overlook so much. I mean, how many of us who have maybe walked away from relationships, and I'm not just talking boyfriends or husbands, I'm talking about girlfriends or groups and things like that. You know, you saw the red flags, but you make excuses, you know, um, you just you, you, you make excuses because you want it to work and everything seems to be good at the moment. And, you know, you kind of just stuff the red flags, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really like for people to pay attention to how they talk about their exes. Now, if if they were married to a crazy bitch um, this is exactly what you're saying, kind of if they're gossiping, if they're saying bad things about somebody else, they're going to be saying the same kind of thing about you in the future. And, and yeah. why Why were they with a crazy bitch? You know, people, water seeks its own level often. You know, if they were with a crazy bitch, that might mean something about him. And um, it it really may say more about how he views women than what the ex is really like, you know. So yeah, yeah, it does call into question their judgment, you know, their discernment, um, you know, maybe what their values are. You know, why did they marry that person in the first place? You know, did she have a good body? Was she rich? Uh, whatever, you know. Um, you, we, we never, we never really know. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's. Very important to pay attention to what he says, and I'm I'm using you know he and, and you know and I I I, I can remember years ago um, somebody called me up about a magazine article I had written and saying I I wrote this it was about relationships and it was talking and they were talking about what a sexist person I must be because I was using you know he gen you know he. Mm-hmm talking about this relationship about 
women, and I'm, I apologize, but but anyway, this is, this applies to anybody, he or she, but it's just easier to use he. Um, I want people to really pay attention to what he, or I guess I should say, or she says. Um, a lot of times someone will say, I'm not ready for a relationship. I don't have time for a relationship. And then I'll have women tell me, oh, I know he loves me, and I know he's going to change his mind because he loves me so much. Well, no, no, he told you. He is not ready. Pay attention. But, but also, on the other hand, make sure his actions match his words. If he talks about how much you mean to him, but he doesn't make time for you, actions probably speak louder than words. So really pay attention to the words and the actions. And, you know, it is um, like 15 to the hour, and we wanted to cover a lot of other stuff. And I'm certainly willing to talk about this as much as you like. But Okay. You want to well, well, no. I mean, I mean, I think those are important because if you uh, follow the red red flags as one of your tools, in addition to what you teach astrologically, then I mean, it just increases your chances for success. I mean, I think that's what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I, when I was reading your bio and I saw that you were a graduate in psychology and social work, I thought, hmm, you know, you bring something else to the table, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, that, that helps complement, um, you know, the science of the astrology. Um, so what are the uh, planetary antidotes uh, that can help people in relationships? Okay, I'm going to start off by saying that everything in the universe is ruled or has a correspondence to one of the planets. And when I say planets, I'm including the sun and moon, and I know they're not planets. Maybe I should say luminaries and planets. And I include all the planets except Earth, and I include Pluto, even though he's been downgraded to a dwarf planet. I'm hoping he will be upgraded soon. <laughs> there's, there's talk about that. So I'm using, you know, I'm using the sun, the moon, all the planets, except Earth and Pluto. And so we, I have a list in my book of um, not really a list, but kind of an explanation of what each of those rules or has a correspondence to. And then I also have a list of, and stop me if I'm not, this may be, you know, you don't have the book in front of you, um, but I have a list of all the planets and then the planetary antidote. Each planet has an antidote. And um, an antidote is something that, you know, takes away the hurt, takes away the pain, you know, takes away mm-hmm. the, you know, it's a panacea. So, so um, why don't you give us an example? Okay, this is a great example. And this can be in true in anything. It can be true in relationships of the other person or your yourself. But Saturn has a planetary antidote of Venus and Neptune. And so Saturn rules depression, as an example. And then um, Venus rules, well, it rules chocolate and, and shopping and other people and love and relationships. And then um, Saturn also has uh, Neptune as a planetary antidote. And and this is really interesting because 
it was just it was discovered that Saturn's planetary antidotes were Venus and Neptune long before there was psychotherapy or um, uh, medication. But Neptune rules medication, psychotherapy. It also rules connection to God, connection to nature. So, as an example. You can look at uh, look at you know what kind of problem do I have or what kind of problems do the other person have or what kind of problems does a relationship have, and you can see oh well what planet rules that and then you can go to the chart and it's just a real quick chart and see what the planetary antidote is and then go and see what that planet has a correspondence with. Um, so why don't, why don't you give it? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it, it it it, and I know it makes sense to you, uh, but for somebody who's not looking at the book, what does it what does it make it relevant? You know, um, it, if if uh, one planet is an antidote to Saturn, how does that translate in in the real world? What, what would you okay. do? Okay, okay. The real world is if you're depressed, what you should do is. You should, you know, um, hang out with people you love, um, connect to people. You should get into therapy. You should take medication. You should, um, you know, get involved with nature. Maybe you should find a connection to God. Okay. And, 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 it's and that's what the planets are referencing. Right. And it's interesting because um, they've, Oh, relatively recently found out that one of the best cures for depression, and I know everybody's different, and I know everybody's body's different, but is to get up first thing in the morning and walk, get out into nature, get out into the sun, reset your biological clock according to nature. And the more you find out about what these planets have a connection to, uh, the better. And would you like for me to give you one more example so you kind of get one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Mars is anger, aggression, fighting. It's also physical violence. So if you're in a re- relationship that has, you know, really heavy-duty Mars stuff and you're wanting help, you can go to this chart, and it's, it's like half a page. You know, it's really easy to find in this book. Mm-hmm. Well, what in the heck am I supposed to do with this? Well, Pluto is one of the planetary antidotes for Mars. Pluto happens to be well, it does it. It um, happens to be like authority figures, like police and judge. Huh. You know, okay. if you're physically abused, you better call the police. Right, right. You know, right. You're not going to be able to fight, you know, fighting back isn't going to work. Um, you know, it's just, and, and and it helps people kind of, gosh, this is pretty black and white, and this is, when people are involved in a relationships, you know, they're going all over the place. They're thinking this, 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 and they're just going all over the place, and it's really hard to figure out, well, just, I just need to know what to do. And this yeah. is really simple and easy. and Yeah, it's logical rather than, you know, people who are um, uh, stressed out or, uh, you know, they, they might not be thinking clearly as uh, simple as that. Absolutely. You, you got it. You got it. Okay. 
Um, so now you, you talk about in the book, too, um, adult astrological cycles and how they help people navigate relationships. Um, what is an adult uh, astrological cycle? Well, we all know that kids have different cycles, you know, the terrible twos. A two-year-old is going to be really different than a five-year-old. I mean, there's a reason they start five-year-olds in school and not two-year-olds, you know. I mean, because they have different different cycles. What we don't realize is that grown-ups have these same cycles, and it's really really uh, tuned into astrology, and everybody's birth chart is different, but um, Saturn, as an example, you know, I will will go back through the signs of the zodiac and be in the same place that it was at somebody's birth, you know, same degree of the zodiac, same, you know, same sign of the zodiac, same degree of the zodiac it was at that person's birth, around the ages of 28 to 30. And so everybody, and you can think back, you know, when you were 28 to 30, everybody from 28 to 30 is having a Saturn return, and it's usually pretty difficult and hard to deal with time. And when Mm -hmm. you were 28 to 30, how was your life? I was in transition, just like I am right now, uh, as I'm 61. Uh, We were getting ready to, uh, we were making the decision to move from New Orleans, Louisiana, to California. So it was a major life change. Okay, okay. People often have major life changes. I'm not surprised you moved. So you moved to a new place where you didn't know anybody. Is that true? Yep, we it was just me and my husband. We were totally on our own. Right. Okay. It's a time when people are feeling and I moved when I when I was during that time period too. And it's often a major aspect it can be hard to deal with. Um it's learning new skills. It's it's is a time when you're kind of feeling isolated or lonely. Um it's usually pretty hard. It's separation um and and it and it can be helpful if your spouse is you know 28 to 30 to kind of give them a little extra leeway and attention and support because it's a difficult astrological time. Well, now my husband was 10 years older than me, so what did that oh. mean? Did did that did make it easier? Did he have a job? What? Um, well, he- we both moved. Well, we moved out here thinking we had a job, but when we got here, it turned out it was bogus, and we both had to find a job. Woo! Scary. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was a little scary. We came out here with two thousand dollars in our pocket, and you know how quick that could have disappeared. Mm. Well, I don't know. You know, we have to look at everybody's individual birth chart, but. So I don't know what he was going through, you know, since he's 10 years older than you. But I do know that everybody has certain times that are more difficult than others. And it can be helpful to know, oh, my gosh, I'm going through the Saturn return. Um, (laughs) It's going to get better, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, you know, I'm, and um, it's it's kind of nice to know. And I put that in a relationship book, which is kind of a, at first glance, kind of a strange thing to put in a relationship book. But it can really have an effect on um, what people are going through in their relationships at, you know, what astrological stage they are in their life. So, so do you also cover the second Saturn returns? And if you do, yes, tell listeners I what that do. is. I'm sorry, what I didn't hear you, I was talking over you, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that's okay. Um, I was saying um, if you if you cover the first Saturn return, maybe you cover the second. Um, yes. and, and if you did, um, I was asking you to explain to listeners about the second Saturn return, because a lot of my listeners are probably um, about to get there. <laughs> Well, the second Saturn return, and I'm, it, it is usually around the ages of 58 to 60. Sometimes it's a little later. And since I'm, do you know if you're when your second Saturn return happened? Uh, no, I, I don't know specifically. No. Okay, because I'm wondering since you moved the first time and then you moved. Now and you said you were sixty-one. Yeah, I'm sixty-one now. Yeah, I'm wondering if you're in your second Saturn return now. And that's and oh, that, I think so. I, I mean, yeah. I don't doubt it. I mean, you know, life is in transition. I've been emotionally in transition for probably. Oh, I don't know, a year to a year and a half, and I might be physically in transition very soon too. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm happy to tell you that the second Saturn return can be much different than the first. The first one, Saturn is kind of the great teacher. It teaches us what we need to learn. And um, usually when we're 28 to 30, we need to learn a lot, you know, about responsibility, about being on our own, taking care of ourselves. And then by the time the second one comes, we've learned all of that. We're self-sufficient. We can take care of ourselves. We feel pretty good about ourselves. So the second Saturn return is usually pretty different than the first one. Um, My second Saturn return was glorious. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But it is a time to be self-reflective and pay attention to all areas of your life and figure out, you know, is this what you want in life? Is this where you want to be? Is this what you're doing? Um, Do you need to improve? Because... Saturn will actually help you have the necessary discipline to achieve your aims. And um, there are other things going on around the second Saturn return that are incredibly positive for career and just general life happiness that are not going on around the first Saturn return. And I do mention those in the book. Um, And I usually, you know, if I, I... Always, if I'm doing somebody's chart who's like 55 on, I always tell them, you know, these happy things coming up, especially with career. It's a time around 58 to 60 that they can create exactly what they want in career and they can create exactly what they want in terms of life and people in their lives. Um, And it's a time to grab opportunities and it can be just really happy. And it's very, very different for different people. Um, well, that sounds really optimistic. It's very optimistic. I loved being 58 to 60. I loved my Saturn return with these other things that I talk about in the book. 
I mean, it's just, yeah, it was a, it was a grand time for me. It was a grand time. And okay. the opportunities are there. You just have to grab them and create them. Okay. Well, Diane, we've covered a lot, um, but is there anything I haven't thought to ask you um, you feel is important to share with listeners before we say goodnight? Well, I would love to have uh, people know where they could buy my book, um, Extraordinary Relationships Through through Astrology, uh, Diane Lawson. They can get it on Amazon.com, or they could get it on my website, which is just dianelawson.com. And um, I I just think it's, you know, I, I wrote the book because I really wanted to help people with relationships because it's hard to navigate through relationships. And I know because, you know, I have not done well in the early part of my life, and I certainly... I think that's one of the reasons why clients come to me with relationships. They know I cannot be judgmental, you know, because I <laughs> have done very well myself, so I do not judge. But I, I really right. want it to be a, a benefit to others. Well, and I mean, if it helped you turn your life around and you went from um, disappointment to happiness, uh, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a big deal. I mean, you're, you know, the proof's kind of in the pudding, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Astrology can really help. So let me ask you, um, uh, you said where people can get your book. Um, uh, How can they reach you if they want a reading or a Uh, chart? Well, they can certainly go to my website, uh, and it's D-I-A-N-N-E-L-A-W-S-O-N.com. I'd be happy to give my phone number out. um, And I do a lot of... uh, I do primarily phone consultations. I live in Topeka, Kansas, but the world is a lot lot bigger than Topeka, so most of my clients are from around the world. I do FaceTime and Skype and phone, but my phone is uh, 785-232-2836. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I guess I should give them my email, too. It's uh, Cappy which is C as in cat, uh, C-A-P-P-I-E-0113 at AOL.com. They could email me, too. I would love to hear from people. Okay. Well, great. Um, and, you know, and uh, a lot of my listeners do listen from the archives. Uh, so, you know, they will be listening to this over the course of the next few weeks. So, um, you know, I hope uh, hope you hear from some of them. And uh, I've enjoyed talking to you, Diane. Um, I uh, I appreciate, uh, you know, all, all you've shared and, um, you know, look forward to uh, our maybe uh, doing something together in the future. Well, I would love to. I just think you're really very good at what you do, and you're very generous with your guests, and I want to tell you I appreciate you a great deal. Thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you so much. It, it means a lot to hear that, um, uh, you know, when, when there's good feedback from the listeners and the guests, uh, you know, that makes it all worthwhile. So thank you so much, and um, thank you for being on the show tonight. Okay, well, thank you. Okay, good night, Diane. Uh, good night. Um, well, before I uh, say goodbye to all of you, uh, one more word from Joe Carson here. So please stay tuned, just a few more minutes. The psychic state is the collective unconscious, which is that consciousness of the planet. It's called the chronic mind, the mind of the earth. 
Our ancestors understood that the animal and divine were all connected, they were together, that there wasn't a separation. And that's what we are trying to return to, is that sense that our animal nature is divine. It doesn't get in the way of the divine. It gets us closer to it. What's your idea of being fully alive as a human being? Because that's what's really spiritual. Write it down. Start writing your own Bible if you want. Sex is sacred. And by that, I just mean sweaty, fun, happy sex. Uh, Joe Carson is quite prolific, and uh, she's a great supporter of the show. And uh, you've been listening to the trailer uh, for Dancing with Gaia, which is uh, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about Earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of the goddess as Gaia. You know, she traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this film, and uh, these spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see these sites yourself but haven't, this is an opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story right from the comfort of your armchair. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. You can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20 at DancingWithGaia.com. Well, I want to thank uh, Diane for being on the show tonight. I want to thank listeners uh, who are tuning in tonight or later from the archives. Uh, Your listener loyalty uh, means a great deal to me. Uh, And uh, as always, keep your emails coming. I'd like to hear from you uh, with guest ideas, uh, feedback about the show. Uh, You know, as I always uh, say, and maybe I haven't said in a while, you are the gas in my tank that keeps me going. Uh, When I hear from one of you and you say, um, you know, the show is your lifeline, you know, maybe there's nobody else uh, where you live that talks about these things or thinks the way I do or the way uh, my guests do, and uh, it means so much to you to have, uh, uh, you know, this different perspective, you know, that's uh, that's what I'm here to do. You know, we all have pieces of the puzzle uh, to create a new world, uh, a world that, um, you know, we want to usher in that paradigm shift. Um, you know, let's all be part of that morphic field, that hundredth monkey. I know they're all, uh, you know, sort of uh, cliche phrases, but uh, uh, you know what I mean. You know, we're living in a time of evolution. Uh, sometimes it's one step forward and two steps back, but I think that's what it means to be living in the paradigm shift. It would be nice if we could just wake up one morning and the world is as uh, we imagined it or we wish it to be, but um, you know we have to uh, we have to make that happen. So um, you know I would just uh, uh, encourage you to uh, never give up, uh, be tenacious, uh, like our great mother Sekhmet, uh, Lady of Tenacity manifested is what I like to call the Egyptian lion-headed goddess Sekhmet. Uh, we all have to be tenacious um, as well as loving. Um, and healing and nurturing. So uh, that about does it for me tonight. Uh, Next time you will hear from me is the 24th of October, and um, I will have uh, on the show with me a Tayana McQuiller, 
And we're going to be talking about uh, an interesting uh, oracle deck. And uh, it's based on the Sibyls of Libya. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. I believe they're called the Black Doves of Africa. So, um, you know, tonight we talked about astrology and to a certain extent there's the divination in it. And later on uh, in the month we'll also be talking about that, uh, that new tarot deck. So, uh, uh, so please uh, stay with me and uh, share the link uh, to the show uh, around social media and Facebook and your friends. And um, that about does it for me tonight. Uh, so thank you, dear listeners. I hope uh, you're having a wonderful October, and uh, uh, Hollows and Samhain is just around the corner. It's the beginning of the new year for, for many folks. Uh, it's a time when we the veil between the worlds is thin, and we talk about connecting with our ancestors. Uh, so I, I hope it is a good season for you. All right, then. Uh, good night, and until the 24th of October, uh, I'll see you then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.